0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golf Guide Podcast. Um, on this episode, I've brought uh, my co-host and uh, go-to golf attorney Casey in to break down and make some sense of the news that came out earlier this week about Costco and Acushnet, the parent company of Titleist, uh, being involved in some sort of a legal battle and dispute um, regarding the Costco signature golf ball. And it possibly infringing on several patents, uh, or I should say several, quote, valid patents that uh, Titleist and Accutionate is, you know, claiming to have the rights to. Um, Pretty fascinating stuff. Sometimes it got a little, you know, the legal jargon was a little heavy. But, you know, I was able to make a little sense of it. It was super fascinating. We were able to talk to Casey about where he thinks uh, this is going to go from here and how he anticipates this lawsuit perhaps ending. Uh, We used... um, a couple of articles that I want to make sure that I source. Um, so a big thank you to my golf spy, their author, Tony Covey, uh, had produced a couple of articles that we referenced in this article. Um, and also want to, um, give some credit to Dave Dossie of GolfPatents.com, who was the first person to break this story, um, as well. So, uh, yeah, before I keep rambling on without any further delay, everybody, another episode of the golf guide podcast. Okay, so uh, this is kind of like a little emergency podcast because some news came out yesterday and today regarding uh, a legal dispute between the entities that are Costco and Akushnit, parent company of Titleist, makers of golf balls, clubs, and shoes. It's like when you uh, have a couple of friends and they fight,
1: and it's kind of awkward. I like Costco a lot. I like Titleist a kushnet a lot. <laughs> so it pains me to see them doing battle but based on what i've seen so far it seems like one of them is very much in the right yes and the other is very much
0: bitching <laughs> regarding um a kushnet i i guess more or less sent a, a, a boiled yeah, but... down to a cease and desist letter to costco telling them to back off and that the kirkland signature golf ball that they were making was infringing on several of the patents they had had. And now there is news come out. uh, I saw something that says Costco sues a I don't know if that's correct, but I do know um, they have filed a declaratory judgment. And so I have our in-house golf attorney here to kind of explain to me, what exactly is a declaratory judgment? A declaratory judgment is
1: a kind of relief that you ask for in a lawsuit. So Hmm. they did sue... Okay. Costco did sue a kushnet. Okay. And a declaratory judgment is a kind of relief, like an injunction um, is a kind of relief, or damages are a kind of relief. Okay. A declaratory judgment is a judgment of the court that resolves a legal issue. Okay. It doesn't necessarily ask for money, although you can ask for money in connection with a declaratory judgment. Like Costco, I read the uh, the complaint in this action, Costco is asking for attorney's fees and to recover some of its costs and expenses Mm -hmm. but you're asking generally in a declaratory judgment for a narrow kind of relief which basically is either it's one of the two things usually this is legally impermissible or this is legally permissible so if you find yourself in a dispute where it's not certain whether what you're doing is right or wrong especially if you're the one who's accused of doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. You can't really sue the other person for anything because they haven't done anything wrong. Mm. All all Akushnet did was send a letter. Right, right. So you don't want to have to sit around waiting to be sued. And it doesn't do society any good to just wait for the question to be resolved and have mm-hmm. everybody uh waste time. So what you're allowed to do, what Congress has provided is that you can seek a declaratory judgment. Basically, what Costco is asking for is is for a court to issue an opinion that says you aren't infringing on any patents and you are not
0: committing any acts of false advertising. Okay. So essentially, it's something that instead of waiting for the legal process to drag out and being sued, it allows you to expedite the whole process where if somebody has accused you or... Uh, made a statement to you saying that you have messed up. It gives you an expedited course of action. Be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, that's a big pile of shit. Let's just get this settled now, so nobody has to worry about this any longer. Yeah, that's how it's working here. Okay, and what? Not, not would... always, though. But th- in this particular case, yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, interesting. And so, essentially, what happened was, as you know, Akushnit sent a letter to, to Costco saying that the capacity uh, we call those na- Kappa... nasty grams. In the legal profession, they sent a nasty gram. Yeah, so they, yeah. they uh, sent a letter saying the K SIG um, Golf Signature Tour Performance Golf Ball. We have to get the name correct because there's news now about a new Costco ball that could be hitting the shelves at your local Costco relatively soon. So we'll say the one that everybody's familiar with is the Kirkland Signature Tour Performance Golf Ball. Okay, and they're saying K S T P G B? GB? <laughs> anyway, and that golf ball has ceased production. Um, as people are probably well aware, if they're listening to this, you haven't been able to buy one of those new Costco balls in several months now. And it was rumored that part of the reason that Costco stopped production was because they did receive that letter from Titleist, Akushnet, whatever have you, and that they stopped production um, until they could figure out what they were going to do. Now, that is one of a couple of theories Another theory of why they halted production was the reason Costco got into this to begin with is because they bought a huge amount of, ex- what basically boils down to excess cores, you know, golf ball cores. And in that big pile of cores they bought, there were multiple varieties of cores. So the first tour, you know, signature tour performance ball was with one of the cores that they bought and they ran out of those. And now they're just amping up production on the next pile of different cores that they have. They don't. They're not mutually exclusive, per, we... per se. But th- those are kind of the two general theories that people have about why it ceased production up in you know for the last couple of months.
1: We discussed the Costco ball. I'm just going to call it the Costco ball. Yeah, just call it the Costco the old ball. Costco ball versus yeah. the new one.
0: People call it the K Sig, but the Costco ball works fine. Yeah.
1: I'm not cool enough to call it the K Sig. Well, yes. We discussed it a couple of months ago on the podcast, right. and I think the theory back then that you uh, brought up was that they might have bought cores from a Kushnet. Right. And that people were speculating they were so good because they were actually pro V1 cores. Mm-hmm. Was Has that been debunked? Because if I that think, were the case, then I think this wouldn't be happening. I
0: don't believe that is known at this point. Um, so it's tough because I'm, I'm trying to think. I, I do have this kind of the specs of what the USGA listed um, the new Costco ball as. So... The, the new, again, Costco has now had a new ball approved by the USGA effective earlier this month on March 1st. The Costco Kirkland Performance One golf ball should be available this year. Now, I think that's a little interesting because that is much more similar, at least in terms of its name, to a Pro V1 than the Costco Kirkland signature golf ball is. Do you think that's going to have any impact on any of this legal stuff? Hmm. <laughs>
1: Well, I don't know about the new golf ball. I mean, Yeah, because
0: we don't know how it's going to test out. Nobody's
1: seen it yet. It's possible that there could be patent infringement. It could happen. I mean, golf balls are relatively similar. So you would think that they could do some testing and figure out whether it infringes on a patent. Uh, I went through and read Costco's complaint for the declaratory judgment, and they're not only asking for a declaration by the court that they didn't, uh, infringe on any patents. In the alternative, or in addition, they're asking for the court in many instances to say that the patents themselves are invalid for hmm. whatever reason. Maybe they weren't new or they were mistakenly approved. I don't uh, practice in patent law, so I don't necessarily know, but I'm sure you can have a patent that's invalid. So they might just be doing that for leverage because that would suck. Right. is to have those declared invalid, they, sure. then anybody could just duplicate the Pro V1, and hmm. you would they would lose the market share except for their brand. Right. Um, but you know you can't just imitate somebody's product, and even if you make it privately and and it happens to be identical to somebody else's product, then you're still infringing on their patent. Right. So you, you, there's going to have to be science done about these golf balls to figure out whether they infringe or not. But but I mean we all know how similar all these fucking golf balls are, so I bet it takes the most sea hair minimal difference. <laughs> and I shouldn't have said that, well, but I t- did. Uh, how to make it not to make it right. not infringe on the patent. It's, right. it's, it's kind of laughable that there are many patents for golf balls anyway. But um, I guess over history that hasn't been true. But nowadays they're pretty standard. Yeah. So uh, the new ball, you know, could infringe, but Costco. Has brought this complaint about their old golf ball. So their lawyers must be pretty confident talking to the engineers mm-hmm. that they don't infringe. Right. And they want to kind of embarrass Akushnet, maybe. And I've heard speculation, which makes a lot of sense, that pointing out the fear of Acushnet and making this a bigger story, I saw it in the Wall Street Journal today. Really? Yeah is going to be just incredible publicity for the quality of the golf ball.
0: I agree. The longer this drags out, the better it is for Costco. And
1: that really makes a lot of sense. Hmm. And, uh, you know, now that the suit's there, Costco's lawyers have a ton of leverage because they don't need to pull it. And it's definitely, I don't think, subject to any kind of quick dismissal. I think it's going to probably go to an evidentiary hearing uh, before a judge if if Costco's lawyers want
0: it to. So Titleist is fucked up. Titleist is fucked up. And also, I wonder, because, you know, this is um, this is something that Titleist has done before, as I'm sure a lot of, you know, companies that own the majority of a market share in any particular industry, uh, when a newcomer comes along, they'll send them a letter and try to intimidate them out of, you know, out of the business. Um, Acushinet has done this before. They've done it with companies like uh, Monsta, 3Up, uh, and a couple of other small company companies that it sued a couple of years ago. Uh, And by the way, I'm I'm getting this off the the source of all this is uh, mygolfspy.com. Was an article by Tony Covey uh, who published it on March 20th. Read that article; it was fantastic. Right. So, um, and and I wonder, is this going to back? Is part of the reason this has the potential to backfire on Titleist, is because when they've done this in the past, they've done it to smaller companies that certainly had no nowhere near the same kinds of resources that they did. Absolutely. In this particular case, from what I could uncover. Um the net revenues, um, the only figure I could get was the net revenue of a for 2015. Um, the number is 214 million, but that is before taxes and depreciation, okay? Now, Costco, on the other hand, I didn't have as recent of a number, but I have seen things that say they've grown over the past five years. And as of 2012, after taxes, depreciation, and everything else like that, Costco had an annual net profit of $1.7 Of course, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Costco can finance the litigation as much as they want to. Right. They've got limitless resources compared to AcoucheNet.
0: But it's crazy because you would think AcoucheNet has, has limitless resources as well. They're, they're the big boys on the block.
1: Retailers are some of the biggest companies in the world. Sure. Think yeah. about Walmart. Think yeah. about Kmart. Those companies are hard to sue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've and, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the, these small timers, it's not just a regular lawsuit. You know, mm-hmm. if you get sued for, uh, God only knows, uh, stealing something sure. from somebody as, other than a patent, mm-hmm. uh, stealing someone's car or even stealing from a company, some sort of tangible object or a trade secret, it's more clear cut whether you are guilty or not. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't take as much lawyering. It doesn't take as many expert witnesses, Yeah, but when you're doing a patent lawsuit, not only are the stakes incredibly high because the the intellectual property is at stake which is how you make your money to begin with right but it costs a fortune to put together the evidence that you need to win the case and to pay the uh highest charging attorneys in the country practice patent law really yeah patent law antitrust and you know high high profile uh government matters in washington those are the three categories of lawyers who charge you the most and it, i'm quite certain that costco's lawyers charge them in the neighborhood of uh six six hundred to thousand dollars an hour wow for all the uh, work that they're doing on this case so they're not hurting for
0: for quality lawyers no no they are not um that's really really interesting and do, do you think from what you've read about this case about the patent infringement um, like, in its complaint, Costco states that it, quote, does not infringe any valid patent rights owned by a kushnet, including so you, any valid patent claims identified by a kushnet in its correspondence, end quote. So you can see the interesting thing that they say in there. Uh-huh. They say that... Valid? Valid.
1: Right. Right. So they're going to, and quite rightly, they're going to make every argument that they can that's mm-hmm. reasonable. And first is that they don't infringe. But then, you know, if you dredge up... Uh, some scientists that are persuasive and you get the wrong judge and I'm sure they chose where to sue Mm -hmm. maybe based on the judge. But although the assignments are typically random,
0: when you were looking through that, did you see what court they It's in the Western
1: district of Washington state. Okay. Federal judge, federal court. Okay. And they may have chosen it because they had a, an inkling about where the, uh, about which judge would get it. But in, in all likelihood it's their headquarters. I'm not quite sure where Costco is headquartered, but, Mm -hmm. um, In any case, they're going to argue, like I said earlier, that the patents, even if they happen to make an identical golf ball that Mm. would infringe a patent, they're going to argue that the patent is invalid and therefore that everybody in the world can make it with impunity. Mm. And that is a lot of leverage because if Titleist doesn't have it, then they basically have no value anymore except as a brand.
0: Right. Hmm. As, As nice as Titleist's logo looks and as much of a household name that they are, I think people will uh, be jumping off the bandwagon if they can get something at the exact same price for and, a third of the cost. Oh, and, and Or at the exact same quality, I should say.
1: To those of you out there listening to this podcast, the reason why this matters is not because it'd be nifty to buy a golf, golf ball at Costco that's good or mm-hmm. that it's kind of cool that Costco made this. The price point for the previous version of these balls was $15 a dozen. Compared and to 50 dollars a dozen for a new box of pro v1s it's a game changer like imagine a new set of irons from a you know top line irons that are well made uh instead of being fifteen hundred dollars turned into six hundred dollars that's really what this is the equivalent of Mm -hmm. of course you know not that much money for for the individuals but right I don't know about you but I feel like a real asshole when I pay 50 bucks for a for 12 golf balls. Yeah.
0: Well, I got I can tell you right now. I'm not sure I've ever paid $50 for a box of balls in my adult life because right. I you know, this is something we've gone over before. I I I'm just not good enough to even know the fucking difference between a, a tour performance golf ball and a good golf ball. I don't know about that. I think you can tell. I mean, you know, there's some golf balls when you hit a, you know, a Pinnacle Rush. Uh do you do you get a rush? Uh I get a rush of really Strong dread. discomfort <laughs> and my shaft all the way up into my, you know, other extremities and it's it's unpleasant. You get a rush of <laughs> excretion from your ass. <laughs> and so I, but that being said, I love the pinnacle soft golf ball. Sure, They're, nothing against pinnacle. Yeah, you know, I I mean I, I think that ball is, you know, is it probably as good as a pro V? Obviously not. But for me, is the difference super noticeable between when you use a pinnacle soft and a pro v one? No. I mean, I'm like it's willing. N- it's just not. And that's I, I say that because Pinnacle is one of the subsidiaries of Titleist. Pinnacle is owned by Titleist. Yeah. So, I mean, it's all coming from the same factory. Right. So take that what you will. So, as we go a little bit further into this regarding the MyGolfSpy and Costco, it seems like another big thing in this lawsuit is the issue of quality. And that you know, quality is a central issue, as they put it in the MyGolfSpy article. And so, um, right as the Costco ball was gaining momentum last year, Titleist launched a marketing campaign that focused... On Titleist's superior quality assurance standards, um, and it didn't question, you know, Costco's balls directly, but some of its surrogates uh, that were speaking on behalf of Titleist certainly did. And it's, but then it asked the question: How does one define the quality of a golf ball? If that's something that Titleist is arguing that, you know, it's not of the same quality, so their claims of it being of the same standard in their General Kirkland motto is inaccurate. We're as as an attorney, do you think it's possible to really nail down how to quantify the quality of a golf ball?
1: There's no chance <laughs> at all of that of a false advertising claim succeeding for that language. Okay, at all, you don't think so? It's impossible. Okay, because it's so gen- it's so generic.
0: It's so incredibly generic, and it was and Costco has stood by the fact that they've never explicitly said it about the Costco golf ball. It's a general um, model for all Kirkland signature products. And that I, I can't remember what the language was exactly. I, I can't find it right now, but yeah, they, they stated that this was never intended to refer to Titleist or a Kushnet. There's never been any direct language ever explicitly saying or comparing the Costco ball to a Titleist Pro V1. And that's a, I think that's con- at least in my uneducated and non-law school attending opinion would seem to be kind of a deal breaker. Well, well,
1: the law the law is usually based on common sense. Common sense for for people who get way too much time to think about it. Okay, <laughs> but but you're right. I mean, that's absolutely true. I was uh, reading the complaint, and the coolest part about it, and once again, you know, you make every you make every argument that you can make if mm-hmm. that's reasonable. If you're a lawyer, so Costco's lawyers say, uh, you know, you can't even consider this to be a statement that's susceptible to being true or false because it's so general. So that's basically their first argument mm-hmm. And then the second argument is if you accept the premise that it can that it's a statement that's susceptible for to being true or false in an objective way mm-hmm. and meant that way falsely and like knowingly and falsely, even if you accept that, it is better and i love that that's great and and that really is true i mean you think about it how many companies do you see say uh best hamburger in town uh best
0: too fucking many right yeah well
1: <laughs> and, and really are they getting sued for false advertising not usually no and you can say oh you know they're comparing their burger to all the other uh you know fucking burger joints in town but if you've got uh you know, one gold medal from the paper from 10 years ago, or you've got, you know, a couple of people who have a testimonial on the website, or if after you get sued, you can find a couple of people like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, that's good enough because nobody takes a claim like that seriously. Right. People just interpret it to mean that it's of high quality. Nobody really interprets it to mean that it's strictly of the highest quality because people understand that quality is so multifaceted that there's no way to measure it. It's the same as saying you have the highest quality car. How can you say that you have the highest quality car? The 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 performance of a golf ball is even harder to yeah. measure than a car because a car you could theoretically drive automated and measure objectively against other cars, but a golf ball, I mean there's there's testing machines and stuff, sure. but but you know different balls have different attributes. You could almost argue that some balls are designed for different players, and so they have higher quality for certain styles of play. Sure, You can go on and on and on, and that exact reason is why a judge isn't going to sit and slam his head into the table trying to figure out whether that's true or false. It's what is called in law a lot, uh, the word puffery. Puffery? Yeah. Yeah. So you have to distinguish between false statements of about your product or your business, mm-hmm. And mere puffery, which is saying that we've got the best in the world, we're the, it's the greatest uh, circus on the block, uh, best titty bar.
0: Coincidentally, mere in puffery, uh, Missouri, mere puffery well,
1: was also the name of my high school ska band. So, right yeah, on. There you go. Yeah, that is a good ska band. Name. <laughs> so, saying that you know they've got qu- the whatever the statement was, it was something like a quality better than the leading national brands or quality comparable to any of the top brands. That is. Never going to be called false by anyone
0: that is dangerously vague, and
1: probably for a reason yeah w- would you think it 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 would be one thing if maybe they took discovery in this case and they saw that there were fifty memos from Costco's engineers about let's make the shittiest ball in the world let's uh you know let's lie about it in our statements. if you had the world's most incredible evidence, you could maybe say that it's false advertising, but I bet that doesn't exist so if they
0: found a glove with yeah. blood from <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> both the victims and the defendant. If there, are, the defendant. <laughs> it, if there are twelve it might be enough.
1: It, if there are eleven Acushnet employees on the jury, <laughs> they might <laughs> be able to you know get the I don't even think this is a, a triable by jury thing. I think this is just by a judge. Yeah. So the judge will determine all the facts and the judge will determine uh the law. And then it it would be appealable and stuff, so you could see this go up to the Ninth Circuit or the Supreme Court, although it almost certainly won't because it's pretty
0: it's pretty narrow. Okay. Well, in the interest of brevity, uh, what what do you what's your opinion? What do you think is going to happen, kind of going forward in this whole thing?
1: Costco's in the driver's seat, so Titleist is going to have to. I don't know. I don't know what I would do, quite frankly, if I were Costco's or Titleist lawyers right now. I think that uh, I would try my best to determine whether the golf balls are identical, uh, whether the patents were basically infringed, because uh, hmm. I don't know if that's been established yet. I mean, the false advertising claim is like a joke throwaway. I agree. But it's not impossible that it's patent infringement. And then you've got they've got to be doing all the diligence to shore up whether their patents are valid. They probably are. So I think the likeliest outcome is that the Titleist lawyers will figure out our patents are valid, our false advertising and claim that we threw into our letter at the last minute just to scare them was bullshit and we know it's bullshit and that uh best case scenario for them is that they have an okay argument that it's uh that it infringes on their patent because it's so similar but i wouldn't expect that to be the case because companies when they develop products are aware about what other patents are out there so you develop your product to be different enough that it doesn't infringe on other people's patents and that's a Uh, a very common standard thing, and I'm sure that all the engineers uh, with the legal team and the development people uh, had that on their mind, and they've got all the documentation to prove that they endeavored to make a non-infringing
0: ball. Now, can Titleist just drop this and just end it anytime they want? Nope. No. So now that Costco has now filed... uh... They'll countersue. So you think Titleist will countersue? Definitely. Okay, so... They'll
1: probably countersue for declaratory judgment and... And damages uh, for infringement. Because it's their product that has allegedly been infringed. I mean, not not allegedly in court, but it's their product that's allegedly been infringed. Mm -hmm. So if that is the case, then they're the ones entitled to damages. And so you sue not for a declaratory judgment relief, but you sue for damages. Mm -hmm. So the the patent laws, the Lanham Act and uh, other federal laws provide for damages for patent infringement. Okay. So they will sue probably for that just to gain a little bit of leverage back in the case. And then, you know, if, if Costco gets a little bit chilly and they figure, you know, we've gotten enough out of this, they could just settle. Hmm. And that would require, you know, action on Costco's part on both of their parts at that point, because they would both, they would both be either one would be a plaintiff and the other would be a cross plaintiff. So they would both have claims that are active and they couldn't withdraw
0: the other person's claims so we it to, they'll come to a settlement agreement because i would think that um Acushnet, Titleist, um their public relations department cannot be pleased with this right now no, i mean it's a big it, mistake right now i mean Titleist seemingly is the one with an egg on its face
1: i think it's just like what you said that they they've done this before so they probably um just changed a couple of the the keywords keywords in the letter and sent it out and they they forgot that costco is you know by a factor of eight or nine times
0: at least bigger right. than them but more than that interesting so in your uh in your professional and also just fan opinion what 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 do you think actually is the outcome of all this when it's all said and done if you had if you had to guess how this thing is going to end if what's what's our what's your best guess at this point my best guess is that it's going to be
1: settled and that costco will be allowed to continue production of any of the lines that it had produced before so they won't necessarily get a declaratory judgment from a court that they aren't infringing on any patents, but they they very well may get a settlement agreement that says the same thing. Hmm. Um, but I'm not sure that that settlement agreement would have to be public. So Titleist might decide, let's just give them everything that they want, but let's give it to them quietly hmm. to avoid any more embarrassment. Everybody will know what happened. Right. But they won't have the embarrassment of a judge saying that they're full of shit.
0: Hmm.
1: And, of course, it is possible that uh, there's some infringement going on and they can find expert witnesses to uh, testify to that, but I doubt it because that would be a big fuck-up on Costco's part, and I don't think they would have filed this complaint if they thought they fucked up. Interesting.
0: Well, one last thing that uh, the uh, Tony Covey um, kind of mentions in this is that he doesn't believe, he's, as much as he's a fan of the Costco kind of golf ball revolution, he's a little worried that... Um, $15 dozens of golf balls are not sustainable and that he's not sure how anybody could make money at that price point but uh, one thing I think is a little bit funny and I also wanted to get your uh, your opinion on this as well and that is um, essentially so like I said before Costco has already been approved by the USGA to start producing their second ball the performance one golf ball and you know people are kind of wondering what's the story behind it where did it get made yada 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 And there's some really interesting news on that front. And uh, you can tell that I'm stalling right now as I try to find the source for that. You missed the world's biggest turkey walking around outside the window here. We do have some pretty outrageous, outrageous turkeys. Okay, so um, the Costco uh, Kirkland Signature Tour Performance was originally listed as manufactured by Nassau. Did I say it right this time? I think it's Nassau. Nassau, okay. Nassau in South Korea. The most recent lists... Um, For what the new Performance 1 golf balls show the manufacturer as SM Global LLC. Interesting. Can you think of a more generic name than SM Global LLC? Omnicorp. I don't know. Now, that's actually what the uh, manufacturer for the old ball is now listed as. It's been changed from Nassau to SM Global LLC, which is the same company as the new golf ball manufacturer for the Costco Performance Mm -hmm. 1 golf ball. And their thought is, you know, we're not sure why the USJ has allowed it to change on the past manufacturers list. Um, but essentially, SM Global isn't a manufacturer. It's a packaging company located in Southern California. So my assumption is that they've changed it and hidden it under the umbrella of something else. So the other golf ball manufacturers don't, don't know have... where they're getting their product made. Well, that, does that change anything at all? Does that seem shady to you in, some, in a way that a or Titleist might be able to use that? I'm not sure because I think that you
1: can tell whether something infringes on a patent by testing a product. Hmm. So, okay. but but I think they probably will be able to find out where the stuff gets made in discovery. What Costco's lawyers will probably argue, and and rightly rightly so, um, is that even if Acushnet's lawyers and Acushnet are entitled to find out where the shit gets manufactured and who's doing it and Mm -hmm. get access to their documents and invoices and specs and all that stuff that um, it's a trade secret. Mm -hmm. You know, it's valuable non-public information that they keep confidential. And so what happens in cases like that is that a court will enter what's called a protective order and, or the parties will agree to a protective order. And in trade secret cases like that, oftentimes what, The protective order says is that uh the party doesn't even get to see any of the evidence just Mm. the lawyers do and the court so you could have a case you could have a situation where costco has to tell uh who the manufacturer is and they have to give it up but if akushnet's lawyers take what they know and they tell their client then it's contempt and you know it's theoretically punishable by imprisonment, death. Yeah, so that's what happens when you when you want to protect uh, the you, when you want to keep a competitor because competitors sue each other all the time. You think about Google and and Apple suing each other. You know if, right. if they and they sue each other for patent infringement. There was a the Oracle case recently, and I think a Google case. I'm not sure if it was the same case, but mm-hmm. it was a seven billion dollar patent infringement suit for for java so that must have been oracle and uh i don't think that the judge allowed you know the engineers for the companies to see the materials that were going back and forth between the lawyers Hmm. because they couldn't you can't forget what you've seen and there could be incredibly valuable uh secret information in there so the lawyers have to you know, hire their own experts, and unless the lawyers happen to be experts in science, which some are, but most aren't, they sure. hire their own people to analyze it and tell them
0: what it says. But they're not allowed to show their clients. Hmm. All this is really, really fascinating. I'm, I'm very interested to see where, where all of this goes from here. Um, I know, I know you've got to get going, so we'll, uh, we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, any other thoughts other than before? I mentioned everybody, as I've said before, um, there is said to be stockpiles of ready-to-go Costco golf balls ready to be shipped and may already being shipped to your local Costco retailer. So um, I, like despite, yeah, I look forward this, to hitting those really badly. Like, I know. So despite all this going down, um, you can rest assured that you should be seeing Costco balls back uh, available for public purchase. See, either on the website or in the stores going forward, which, hey, this is all great for Costco. You know what? You know what,
1: though? Like, I haven't hit one of these balls before. It's going to be a fucking shame if I go and buy my balls and then I take them out and they kind of suck. Because it's really been built up very highly in my mind that it's going to be some sort of orgasmic experience, like,
0: you know, I'm 13 again. I will give you one. (laughs) An orgasm? (laughs) All right. After the podcast. But I will give you a Costco golf ball. You have one. I have one. That's a generous gift, Kyle. So uh, here's the thing. I've only ever had... I had a sleeve that uh, a friend of mine gave to me on our trip to Bandon last year. And I kept them in the room for the first two rounds, kind of like, I don't know if I want to play them, but then... As I lost more and more golf balls, it became a matter of necessity to grab these Kirkland golf balls. And I started off pretty nice abandoned Trails. I was uh, one under through five, and then I kid you not, and then I promptly lost all three balls in my sleeve on the next three holes. That's huge. And so I was out, but then due to the wonderful generosity of my good friend Tony, who you know, uh, or at least know in the fantasy baseball world. Um, I've seen as Avatar. Yeah, <laughs> he came up to uh, Santa Rosa to do some drinking and hanging out a couple weekends ago, and he brought me the gift of a sleeve of Costco balls because he had been lucky enough to purchase a couple packs of them. And he had, you know, more. I mean, he, he doesn't play a lot of golf, but he had an extra sleeve that he brought up for me. So I'd be happy to share this with you because I, I as, my co- as my co as my co host and the Golf Guide podcasts go to attorney, and you know, for matters like this, and we we come to you for counsel and oh your God. advice and you know knowledge and so the least we could do is gift you a single golf ball does oh, that... Well, that i'll accept <laughs> yeah <laughs> it does cost
1: a whole dollar 16 yeah, right. or whatever <laughs> it breaks down to
0: it's a, uh, I i mean again like I think a... it is a dollar 16 nice math casey yeah wonderful math by the way i can't bit. fact check you right now fact check you but yeah it might right. be it sounds it right. might be 117 it sounds pretty close um you know, I thought they felt good. They didn't feel any different than a Pro V1 or a high-level Callaway. or but All the really good balls just kind of feel the same to me. But I'm not super good at golf, so that makes sense. <laughs> Anything else uh, before before we go, my man? That's it. Gaysom, you're beautiful. Um, if you have not already, for all of you delightful humans who are listening to us, uh, I... If you like the show, I ask that you go to iTunes, you leave us a rating, and leave us a review. It would be very, very kind of you. It would be a nice gesture. Only if you like the show, though. Only, yeah. If you don't like the show, then, you know, just turn the goddamn iPhone Actually, off. Actually, you know you what?
1: Know? I, I've okay. changed my mind. Even if you don't like the show,
0: go leave a review that says you do, because it yeah. cares. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Every little bit helps. Uh, again, much appreciated. So if you could leave us a review and a review on iTunes, we would uh, we thank you. I thank you. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll be back. Um, Well, most likely next week. I mean, we keep on talking about doing a master's preview. The the master's is almost upon us. It is less than a couple of weeks away. Yeah. So I think next week would be a fitting time for us to sit down and really, really dork out. It would. Okay. So we'll we'll plan on doing that. That'll be an ample podcast. Yes, exactly. And if you have missed either of our last couple of podcasts, Casey and I did a pretty extensive breakdown of all the proposed rule changes a couple of weeks ago. Last week, I had Bo Links, the founder of the San Francisco Public Golf Alliance, Who is also a partner and attorney at a law firm down in san francisco and uh he was kind enough to share an hour of his time with me and talk all about the sharp park restoration project and the plan to restore the original 1932 alistair mckenzie design but you know also then kind of gave you know all of the uh, hurdles that are going to be in their way to make it a reality so it was a really fascinating conversation um so if you have haven't listened to that i would encourage you to if do I, so
1: if I had been conscious for any of the last few days when I was in Reno then <laughs> I would
0: have listened to that podcast it sounds great uh, consciousness in Reno is severely frowned upon so I think you have, you have to were, be unconscious think, to even go Yeah, <laughs> I think you were in the right so awesome uh, everybody thank you again for listening we really appreciate it and uh, we'll be back soon out